Good afternoon to all. We are so glad to have you in our class for today, which is top tips for marketing your home inspection business in a socially distant world. And we have Matthew Hawley with us. He will be teaching the class. My name is Brenda Roback. I'm here to host the class. If you have questions or if there is uh, something that I can do to assist you, please let me know through the chat box. Uh, as we go through the class today, I have a few announcements I'd like to make for you. And then from that, we will turn it over to Matthew. Uh, oh, and please remember, we're having a raffle at the very end of the class. So in that chat box, please put your name so that we will know who is in the class. Uh, we are not making certificates. If you would like InterNACHI CE, please go in and manually add that information on your dashboard at nachi.org forward slash credits. Uh, I will put this in the chat box so you'll have that link. It is not for any state uh, continuing education. And if you have questions during the class, please use that chat box to put those questions in. We'll be monitoring it throughout the class. And please keep in mind that we may not be able to answer all of your questions. And then I will put a link in there uh, for you for seeing all of the education that's coming out. We will be recording the class. It will be put up on YouTube and then InterNACHI uh, webinars. So you'll be able to uh, look back on the information if there's information there that you would want uh, to hear again. So without further ado, I'm gonna turn the class over to uh, Matthew Hawley. And if you need me, let me know. Thank you, Matthew. Brenda, thank you. So. Have you ever wondered why your phone is not ringing? Have you ever wondered why my calendar is empty? Have you ever wondered what am I doing wrong? Early in 2020, as COVID-19 was first becoming a household word and real estate offices were closing their doors to entry and everyone was asking the same question, how do I let my agents know what I'm doing? I was asking myself those same questions. My name is Matt Hawley. I want to thank you for joining me today for tops for tips for marketing your home inspection business in a socially distanced world. Before I get started, I want to give you a little bit of background about myself and my company. I have been around construction since I was about five years old. My mom and dad owned a uh, lumber yard, so I was raised uh, on and off of job sites. I live in a small town in southern Illinois. We have a total of 750 people. Yes, I know and understand there's apartment complexes in major cities that my entire town could fit in. The closest city to me is St. Louis, Missouri. That's about an hour drive. Uh, I am a CPI. I am a CMI. I started my business in 2010, and I did a whopping total of 10 inspections that year. For the last three years straight now, my company has done over 1,000 inspections each year. If you joined me earlier this year for Marketing 101, you will hear me repeat some of the things that was in that presentation, but today we're gonna to dive a little bit deeper into some of the specifics of marketing before COVID and even during COVID and how they can be meshed together and what I see as being post-COVID marketing also. Most home inspectors make several simple mistakes starting out. 
one of the most common ones is thinking that they are super home inspector and that they could drop off some business cards and brochures and just watch the money roll in. I regretfully admit that I made that same mistake, which is probably why I only did 10 inspections my first year. I had a hard, some several things that were hard to learn. And right off the bat, to truly succeed as a home inspector, you first need to understand three things. And the first one is agents need to know you. Then they need to trust you. And eventually they will use you. It takes an average of eight person-to-person -person contacts before a real estate agent will use you. COVID-19 has made getting those in-person contacts harder. Keep in mind, I said harder, not impossible. During this presentation, I'm going to talk about some of the ways to still get those in-person present connections and how you can get online connections with agents and buyers. Keep in mind, that most inspectors quit after the second, maybe the third contact with someone and they move on to somebody or something else. Persistence really is your friend. Do not expect to walk into an established area and immediately take business from an established home inspector or home inspection business. Note, I corrected myself and said business, not inspector. And here's why. The truth of it is you are a marketing company that does home inspections on the side. It was not until I realized that the marketing was my primary purpose and home inspections was what paid the bills that I finally started to grow. You can be the best home inspector in your market, but if no one knows you, you're never going to succeed. If you don't promote yourself and promote your company, at the end of the day, you're just an employee. 99% of the time, your first in-person contact with your customer will be at the home inspection. Your marketing will set the expectations for the agent and the customer. Be sure to meet and exceed their expectations. Never over-promise and then under-deliver. That's the definition of a pending problem. Marketing is really honestly all about dreams, selling those dreams. Watch a TV commercial, read a magazine. One of the things you're gonna notice real quick is they're not selling the quality of the workmanship or the material that goes into that car. They're selling one of the most expensive items a person will ever buy, a new car smell. Home buyers hire home inspectors for that new home smell. In other words, they want to know they are not, what they are buying is not a money pit. No one wants to buy the home of their dreams only to discover that it's a money pit, not a dream. I'm now going to start with some of the basics. If you do not have these, you will never be able to grow. And then we will dive a little bit deeper. It's going to sound silly, but answer your phone. Uh, that is one of the biggest things I always get. Uh, early on in my career, I answered my phone walking on roofs. I took it in crawl spaces and answered it in there. Then I learned the importance of getting somebody else to answer the phone for me when I was in those places. My wife first started answering them for me. Now we use a backup call center. So when she can't get to them, there's always somebody there that can answer that phone. 
you want to make for sure that whoever's answering your phone is doing it in a professional manner. You don't want the dogs barking in the background. You don't want the screaming kids. Another one is check out your competition. Figure out what they offer. You may not be able to offer everything they do. And heck, you may not want to. But you still need to know what they are doing because your next great revenue source may come from improving on something that they are currently doing. Check out their website, check out their Facebook, Instagram, wherever. They're probably monitoring you. So why shouldn't you monitor them? If you do not offer a specific product that your com competition does, and you ask yourself, how can I do that, but I'm not licensed for it, or I'm not trained for it, find a subcontractor that can do it. Bring a subcontractor in and charge an extra $25 for it. You make a little bit extra. And at the same time, you've now became more valuable. One of the biggest things with marketing is everybody needs a purple cow. And I know you're asking yourself, what exactly is a purple cow? A purple cow is what makes you different from your competition. For uh, all of us, I imagine everybody's been driving down the road at some point in time. You're looking out your window and you see a brown cow, a brown and white cow, a black cow, a purple cow. I can't speak for anybody else. If I see a purple cow, I'm slamming my brakes on and I'm turning around and I'm going back to figure out why is that cow purple and all the others around it are black and white. When people go to your Facebook page, your Instagram, your Twitter, your website, that's your purple cow. You want them to stop and see what is different about you. And a purple cow can be something as simple as giving away a free termite inspection. Uh, Internachi, their 90-day buyback program when nobody else is doing it. Uh, RWS has some great warranties. Uh, a recall check that they have that's really good. I know a lot of inspectors that offer all these different things at an upcharge. I give them all away for free. What I did is I built it into the cost of the inspection. So they're paying for them. They just don't realize they're paying for them. And I hear them at the inspection, oh, you gave me all this stuff for free. Yeah, not really. You paid for it, but they feel good because they got it for free. Uh, another one, we, you know, we recently started doing thermal imaging. There again, raised my prices a little bit, threw them in for free with every one of them. I make way more money doing that than if I was trying to sell them. The list of items you can use for a purple cow is truly endless. Just open your mind and think outside the box. Before you head out the front door, you need to stop and take a look at yourself in the mirror. Are your clothes wrinkled? Are they stained? Are they dirty? If they are, go back inside and change. You don't have to leave the house in a $5,000 custom three-piece suit. A nice pair of jeans, cargo pants, a button at the front shirt, a polo shirt, they're all great. Do not go to your inspection wearing a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and your flip-flops and looking like you just come from the beach. Because keep in mind, when people are buying high-end homes, they want to do business with people that are high-end. 
before COVID-19, we took bowls of fruit to all the real estate offices uh, with our brochures in the bowls and other marketing materials. Uh, it was kind of funny because we actually got known as the fruit guys. Uh, they Everywhere we went, say, ah, there's the fruit guys. Uh, when COVID hit, naturally we couldn't get in the offices. When we started to be able to first get back into the offices, I went to the stores to get fruit to discover that I can't buy fruit in the quantity I used to. So I said, okay, I'll switch over to candy. No problem, except I realized real soon that everybody was taking candy into the offices and dropping them off. So I sat up one night and I said, I gotta come up with something different. Now we supply little two ounce hand sanitizers, two ounce bottles of lotion and chapstick at the offices. Everything we do has our name and phone number on them. If you're not putting your name and phone number on stuff, you're really just kind of wasting your time. So here is a picture of one of our, uh, as, as we're getting ready to go into an office, we got the, the hand sanitizer stuff on the left, the candy on the right. And just kind of shows uh, what we take into them. As the real estate offices open back up, you're going to get to where you can do presentations. Do not go into a presentation and, and do what I call speaker suicide. Most home inspectors love to go in there and talk about how wonderful we are and how much better we are than everybody else is. Uh, I'm going to be honest, in the beginning, I did the exact same thing. And I'd watch the agents playing on their phone and everything else. After a while, I learned it's not about me. It's about them. And when I did that, I had to remember something I learned a long, long time ago. Remember, everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? The agents are no different than anybody else. They're interested in three things, professionalism, presentation, and profit. Tailor your presentation to any of these and you will make a good impression. Which if you remember, is the first step to gaining the referral business. Referrals, by the way, are 20 to 30 times more valuable than any advertising product you will ever do. When you are doing a presentation, you want to do th three things. First, you want to dress for success. And when I say that, when I go in to do a presentation, I try to be the best dressed person in that office. I'm always in a pair of slacks. I've got the same orange shirts I have on now, except I have one that stays in the office or my closet that never gets worn to inspections. I have a suit tie, suit jacket, and a black tie. And I go in there with the intent of being the best dressed person because I want them to see somebody who operates at a high level. The second one is you need to feed the agents. And when I talk about feeding the agents, I don't mean you take a bucket of chicken or a box of pizzas or some sub sandwiches in. Let the uh, lenders do that. Let the other home inspectors that don't really know what they're doing do that. When 
I go in, we now, because of COVID, we set up a hand sanitizer stand at the start of the food line. We do, if it's a lunch, we do a homemade lasagna, a homemade fettuccine. Uh, we have uh, meatballs. Uh, we do a salad. We have rolls. We have a dessert. We have drinks. If it's a breakfast meeting, we have a, a breakfast casserole we make. We take danishes, muffins, uh, turnovers. All the spreads, we have everything spread out on wood serving trays with tongs. We supply all the silverware, the cups. The one that amazes me though, the one thing we do that gets talked about more than anything, we put a tablecloth down. I have a basic orange tablecloth I put down and the agents will hang around and they will come up to me afterwards and tell me how amazing that tablecloth was and how they never had anybody bring something like that. So here in the screen is a lunch I did uh, last fall. And you can see across the table uh, in the chafing trays, we've got chicken and then we've got noodles. We kept everything separated. So if people want to do the chicken as a salad or whatever, they, when I go into that office, they still tell me that that was the most amazing meal and nobody has ever brought a meal in like that. And that's what you want. That's that, that purple cow that I was talking about. The third thing is to make your presentation about them and not about you. Some examples would be, we have presentations that run anywhere from five minutes to an hour. Uh, but we do on, on keyboard shortcuts, uh, 10 ways to get 10 referrals. Uh, one of my favorites is we put together 10 common defects we find during a home inspection that can be fixed for under $100. And that doesn't mean they go to the hardware store and buy it for $99. Most of them, each item, they could hire a handyman to have less than $100 in it. Tricks and tips to uh, help them make more money with less work. That's always a fun one. At the end of the presentation, we always tell them that the first agent and or buyer that calls our office to schedule an inspection gets it for free. Now, you're sitting there saying to yourself, why in the world would we give an inspection away for free? They'll make way more revenue off of it than I lose. They do have to pay for the ancillary services. So if they want a radon test, a sewer scope, mold, air quality, pool, sprinkler, any of that, they have to pay for it. At the end of the day, I've been doing that free inspection for two years. 71% of the agents that took me up on that free inspection have come back and scheduled multiple paid inspections with me. And they've gone back to the office and they've told other people in the office what a good job we did for them. Uh, so the return on investment has been well worth the little bit it cost me up front. Oh, sorry. Use your phone to record your presentation. Uh, buy a gimbal, they're about $150 on Amazon. You can set it up. Let everybody know up front that you're recording yourself, not them. Record yourself. I generally wait one to two days after I've done the presentation, and then I rewatch it. 
if I sit there and cringe watching myself, then what is the agents watching me that don't know me thinking and doing? Whenever they'll let us, I always hang around after the meeting is over just to answer any additional questions that have come up. Uh, I also gather business cards during the inspection or during the uh, presentation, I'm sorry. And then I will call everybody within two to three days after the presentation and ask them, did you have any questions? After you start getting your basic presentations down, that's when it gets fun. Because you can start then getting, depending on your state, get set up to teach continuing ed to the offices. Those courses are generally more about uh, two hours in length. We just recently got set up to do them. Uh, and I've got agents, uh, offices waiting in line for us to have an availability to come into their office and get anywhere from 20 agents to 100 plus agents. And some of them will have to be on Zoom, gathered in one spot to listen to us talk for two hours about their continuing ed. We will get business off of that. And so will you if you do it. Open houses have always been an easy way to market. <clears throat> you stop by, you introduce yourself to the agent, talk for a few minutes, you leave. Uh, well, with COVID-19, it's kind of changed the open houses up a little bit. You can still market through them though. The principle of marketing at open houses really has not changed. Always dress professional when you go to them. Always include your company shirt and stuff. I always take bottled water to an open house. There again, it's got my name on it. It's got my logo on it. It's got my phone number on it. I'll get with an agent ahead of time and say, hey, can I uh, co-host that open house with you? And I'll bring by a case or two of water. I'll bring by a little uh, uh, cheese crackers. I used to do peanut butter crackers because I like those better than the cheese ones until somebody said, oh, I'd love to have this, but I'm allergic to peanuts. I learned real quick. Change it to cheese, but I put my name, my label and everything on. And then I'll also take like some gummy snacks or something else for people that don't want crackers. Have my name on them. I'll have some literature there. Sometimes I'll wander around the house during the uh, open house. I never approach a buyer to talk to them. They want to talk to me if they want to ask me questions. They come to me and they ask me about something specific which actually could work really good, especially if the agent doesn't know you because they get the opportunity to meet you and see how you interact with the, the buyer and make sure that you're not busy scaring the buyers off. Hand sanitizer stands are another great thing to take to a presentation with you. Here's just one of the multiple hand sanitizer stands that we own. I uh, bought it from Sam's for $150. Uh, I have one at the office. Uh, I kind of moved that one from in front of the inspector's uh, cubby holes to take the picture. Uh, then we take them to presentations. We take them to open houses. Uh, people really like them. Said $150 is well worth the investment. COVID has changed uh, marketing significantly though. Uh, there's not near as much in-person as there was. Digital marketing is rapidly taking over in-person marketing. <clears throat> there are several things to keep in mind 
when marketing on social media. The first one is that you need to be visible on social media. And the best way to be visible is to post once a day. I know you're sitting there going, <coughs> I don't have time to post once a day. Wrong. We use constant contact to schedule our posts. My marketing person sits down the first Monday of every month and spends anywhere between eight to 12 hours and gets all of our posts scheduled for an entire month. So even if it takes her two full days at the beginning of the month, she has the entire month scheduled out then and can concentrate on other stuff. Once you start to get it generated, it does flow pretty naturally after that. The thing is, though, keep your posts short, keep them informative, keep them fun. We used to be real sporadic when we did them. We never had much success with uh, posting. And when we did, they were long posts. They were about us. To be honest with you, they were pretty boring when I go back and read them. Then we started posting fun and informative things. And we went from getting on a good, good post, 30 views, to now it's not uncommon for me to look at Facebook and we'll have three, four, 500 views on a post. And that's from posting every day. One of the other things you gotta keep in mind is keep your post to one a day. You don't want to be posting four and five posts a day. Uh, now, there are two times a year that I violate that rule. Uh, I violated it uh, Memorial Day. So for the entire week leading up to Memorial Day, I flood Facebook. Uh, I've got some videos and some other stuff that's all dedicated to remembering our veterans and what Memorial Day is truly about. It's not about going to the to the lake, it's about remembering the veterans that are no longer with us. And then the month of November, we do Veterans Month. We do not do Veterans Day. So the entire month of November, we spend uh, dedicating and posting about different veterans, uh, different veteran organizations and what's going on. Because uh, we are very, very large and very involved with our veteran community. So on Mondays, we always post a motivational quote on Tuesdays, we post a five-star review. On Wednesdays, we post some kind of funny meme. On Thursdays, we always post a, a helpful tip. Uh, sometimes it's an article. Sometimes it's a video of me doing a short maintenance uh, item for people. Fridays is always some kind of silly fun fact. Saturday is a picture with the caption of what's wrong with this. I'll be honest, sometimes the responses of what's wrong with the picture is better than what we actually saw during the picture or during uh, the inspection when we took that. Uh, Sunday, we do a check-in just to remind everybody, hey, how'd your week go? Got to get ready for next week. Uh, I'm flip over and show you some of our various posts here real fast just from last week. We'll skip forward a second. Here, we I do a lot of videos uh, on site where I just grab my phone, take it out of my pocket, 
and do a one minute video. I'm gonna show you one of them real fast. Hi, this is Matt with Holly Home Inspections. During a standard home inspection, we always inspect all the exterior hose bibs on the house. So in this particular house, we've got the hose bib here. Notice the water pressure is about 90 pounds there. And the quickest way to test, best way to test the water pressure is to turn the hose bib on, get pressure in here, and then turn the handle off. If it holds pressure, you know there's no leaks or anything on the water line. The other thing is a hose bib and your water pressure should not exceed 80 pounds. So this particular house is at 90 pounds. When you get up over 80 pounds, you run the risk of your fittings coming apart. So we are going to recommend having a, uh, a qualified plumber evaluate this. And most likely they're going to put a, a pressure regulator valve on it. For all your home inspection needs and all your home inspection questions in the St. Louis and the St. Louis Metro East, call Holly Home Inspections at 314-257-0040 or 618-593-9631. Thank you and have a safe day. So you notice during the video at the very end, one thing I made sure I did is tell everybody how to get a hold of us. Uh, there's a home inspector in my local market, runs some amazing commercials. Never does he tell anybody how to find him, uh, which I always just laugh at, and I hope he keeps doing that and failing to tell people how to find him. Uh, when I do those little videos like that, uh, that's one I did last week. I haven't posted it yet. It's not uncommon for that video to get six, 700 views. Uh, people love them. You know, you can add a lot of videos to your website. Their Internachi has all kinds of them on their website that you can go get for free. 60% uh, of the people when they're surveyed I'll tell you, they'd actually rather watch a video than they would read a text message, you know, read something. Make sure your videos when you do them are simple. Uh, you see, I do mine with, with my cell phone. No, no fancy camera crews or anything else. Yeah, there's uh, flaws in them and there's bleepers and bloopers and all kinds of good stuff. But yeah, that's, that's what they are. Uh, show people the reason to have the home inspection whether it's a rusted flue pipe, uh, leaking plumbing, uh, you're in the crawl space and you, you found stuff disconnected, but try to keep the videos, I like to keep them between a minute and a minute and a half. Uh, you start getting much longer than that and people start phasing out of them. When I was talking about doing the one a day post though too, that does not mean you can't post upcoming specials. So if you have something coming up, you know, you're, you're getting ready to run a, you know, uh, January is a national radon month. So I may run a discount in, in January a little bit. A uh, couple times a month, I may throw out there that we'll do radons at 25% off. Uh, so yeah, probably once a week, in addition to the, the one post a day, I'll put a second one out there. You just don't see me do it a lot. Paid ads on social media can go one way or the other. They can be a phenomenal 
success and create you lots of money. Or they could be a great big money pit and flop like a big dog. When you do paid ads, make sure that you get with somebody that knows what they're doing. Somebody that can uh, set it up for you and target your market. You really don't need to be at it advertising on social media to high school kids. Uh, if you're like me and you're here in Southern Illinois, you don't need to be, uh, you're posting your ads showing up in California and Maine and Florida. That, you know, does me no good to have them there and just waste a bunch of money. Uh, but if you can keep them in the right markets, and another great thing is to go get a, a different phone number for them from anything else you use. That way you can track that phone number. You can monitor it. You can see how many times somebody clicked on that ad, how many times somebody called you, how many times somebody got a price quote, how many times somebody actually scheduled an inspection. And once you start to gather all that information together, you can then start figuring out what those ads cost you. Uh, when I first started doing Google AdWords, uh, the first of this year, my, my AdWords in January ran me $35 uh, an inspection for the ones I got. I tweaked them some. By February, my cost of my AdWords was down to $25. When I looked the other day for March, just based on what we've done so far, the cost of my AdWords per click, so that's per inspection, we're down to $20 in inspection. Yeah, I'd like to get it down a little bit more, uh, and I will over time. But it's that whole getting it narrowed into a specific market and doing it in the right spots. <clears throat> when people go to your website, your website needs to be bright, cheery, cheerful, clean, but at the same time, not overcrowded with stuff. Uh, I go to these websites and people have so much stuff in there. You can't read it all. Uh, we have tons of information in our website, but it's all in clickable links so they can go look at it if they want to. People are lazy. If they can't find what they want within the first 30 seconds, they're most likely going to leave your website and go to somebody else's. So keep that in mind. Keep your website simple and easy to navigate. Those clickable links are great because uh, too much information will run people off. Now that you're, you're starting to get people showing up at the inspections, so you're going, okay, now all the marketing is in order. It's time to meet and greet the person paying for your service. With scheduling the inspection, our office will make a point to call the client by their first name every chance they get during the scheduling process. No one has any one more, any one thing that they were born with or can earn or get that's more valuable than their name. And using it is one of the fastest ways to build a relationship during the inspection. Our inspectors make a point to greet the customer by their first name. They try to refer to them by their first name 
multiple times throughout the inspection. One big mistake though most inspectors make is they say, okay, I got the inspection scheduled. Everything's paid for. I am done marketing. Wrong. <clears throat> what about marketing during the home inspection? Yes, you heard me correctly. Continue to market to the buyer, the buyer's agent, the listing agent during the inspection itself. Starting with whatever you do, do not park in the driveway, blocking the agent and the buyer, forcing them out on the street. Back in February this year, uh, my termite and company that I use, they had hired a new pest inspector. He got to the house and well, <clears throat> he's no longer with them because he was a little bit on the lazy side, but he pulled up into the driveway. Make things worse though, we had 10 inches of snow on the ground. The condo association comes through and cleans the roads and it cleans all the driveways for everybody. It's a two car garage. He didn't even pull to the side. He parked dead center in the middle of the driveway. The buyer's agent brought the, uh, the, the buyer with her because the buyer was an 82 year old lady that walked with a cane and did not get around very well. And with it being the roads being snow and ice covered was worried to drive. The buyer was forced to park out on the road. There wasn't a lot of snow and ice on the road but they were still forced to navigate that to get to the driveway to get to the house. When I got there, the, the everybody was inside the house because they got there a little bit earlier than I did. And I was still 20 minutes early. After the termite inspector left though, the agent told me how upset she was that he was parked there and keeping them from being able to uh, get in the driveway. You know, another great way to market is if you're, if you're like me, you're in an area that it snows, carry a shovel with you. I get to house generally about a half an hour early. I'll shovel a path from the road through the side, uh, up the sidewalk into the front door. Just one shovel blade wide. I don't get real serious about it. But the buyer and the agent love it when they get there because they don't have to trample through the snow. Uh, another thing I do is I put a towel down. Uh, you can use a drop cloth or anything else you want. I have my logo on it, but I put it down just inside the front door. So when people come in, you can stomp on, on, on it, get your, knock the snow off your feet, whatever change shoes. Uh, that way you're not tracking all throughout the house. The seller is really going to appreciate the fact that you don't track all throughout their house. Here's a picture of one of our towels. If you haven't noticed by now, we do have a theme. Everything with us is orange. Uh, <clears throat> my wife got these little iron-ons uh, with our logo and everything. Uh, they're like a dollar or two for per logo. She irons them on everything. Uh, we wear shoe covers throughout the entire inspection. Uh, whether you wear shoe covers or you put a pair of indoor shoes only on, put something on, do something so you're not tracking throughout the house. If you use uh, indoor shoes, 
take a second and snap a picture of your shoes at the door on your towel or drop cloth or whatever. So if they do say something about how you track throughout their house, you can show that my shoes were at the door. Just the same thing when we take pictures of register vents and we take a picture of every register vent or at least one register vent in every room. Almost every time when we do it, if you look in the bottom corner of that picture is our shoe with our shoe booty on. So we have repeated evidence and proof that we had our shoe booties on throughout the whole house. Uh, different things, you know, when the buyer used to get, or when the buyer got there, we used to give them uh, a little tape measure, tell them to go through the house, kind of look at stuff, measure windows, blinds, whatever. Uh, problem was, is they kept leaving with my tape measure. So I got smart and I went to Dollar Tree and I bought a thousand one dollar tape measures. And now I've got a thousand one dollar tape measures with my logo on them that are 25 foot that I give to everybody at an inspection. Then one day, one of my inspectors came back and said, hey, why don't we throw a hand sanitizer and a lotion and a chapstick and a couple of business cards inside a bag with that tape measure and give it to them. And uh, I thought it was kind of silly, but then we went and bought some little orange baggies. And uh, we give those out all the time now. People love them. Uh, another great little thing that we give out uh, is monster free tags. I buy them through InterNACHI, hang them on every door in the house. Uh, yeah, you can get the free ones that you print online from a couple of different places. I like the ones that hang on the doors and the kids love them. I actually average about three to six different sellers every year that call us up and say how much they love those monster free tags and asked us if we could inspect the house they were buying and hang those monster free tags on those doors. Uh, last time I figured it up, I get more free revenue off of those tags than I spend on tags every year. We give out a home maintenance book that has our name and our logo and everything on it. Uh, it's all about branding yourself. We also, with all of our inspections, they do come with a 90-day warranty, a five-year roof leak plan, uh, foundation warranty, sewer lines, uh, Radon, uh, we do we do pretty much everything uh, RWS offers with theirs. We RWS also offers a uh, an eighteen month warranty that we give out. Uh, we don't push it real hard because most of the agents in our area do supply home warranties with their uh, with the sale of the house, but it's great for the for sale by owners. And actually, now I've got some of the agents that are dumping their warranties and buying ours because. Ours are cheaper and cover more. Remember the value of that referral that we talked about earlier? <clears throat> the best time to ask a customer for a referral is at the end of the inspection. We do not ask them for names. We do not ask them for phone numbers. We ask if they will do us a favor and recommend us to anyone they know that may need a home inspection in the future. And we let them know that anybody who calls us and says, hey, 
Bill gave me your name and number. When we do the inspection for them, we're going to give Bill $25 for passing that information on. I've got one customer that in 11 years now, I have mailed him, I can't remember if it's 13 or 14 different checks. Well worth that $25 every time I send it to him. Customers may only use you, the average buyer moves every seven years. So you want that referral source. You want them constantly referring you to their friends and family and their coworkers. Uh, another one we do is we'll ask them, hey, if you don't mind, when you see your agent next time, just let them know what a good experience you had. Because most of the time, the agents don't hear anything unless the buyer's upset. So it's always great to be popping that little bug in the agent's ear about how wonderful you are. Now, when you're doing all that, though, don't forget about the homeowner. They've just sold their house. They got to move someplace else to live. So we have a leave behind letter that we've typed up that we leave behind just tells them that we looked at their windows and doors, their oven, their furnace, their thermostat, brief little rundown of stuff. Tells them, hey, if we reset the thermostat at 68 and it says 69, please call and let us know, not the agent. Uh, that way we can you know, make sure that doesn't happen again in the future. We will actually get there again, uh, six to 12 sellers a year that call us just based off that piece of paper that we left behind. It says, hey, you really nitpicked the living heck out of my house. But boy, I appreciate the job you did. And I want you to inspect the house I'm doing or the house I'm buying. So uh, keep that in mind. So you're finally done marketing this job and it's time to move on to the next job. Wrong. You wanna make follow-up calls. <clears throat> we as a company called Blip to email the buyers after the inspection, they ask for a five-star review. We use Blip because they offer links to Facebook, Google, Google My Business, Better Business Bureau, Yelp. So the first 10 years I was in business, we had gathered on our own a grand total of 136 reviews. We weren't doing real good at them. After one year with Blip, we went from 136 reviews to 350 reviews. That's a big, big difference to go from 136 to 350 in just one year. <laughs> when I ask buyers how they chose us, one of the biggest answers we hear is you had more reviews and higher reviews than anybody else. The second biggest answer I hear to why they chose us over everybody else is we answered the phone. Let that one sink in for a minute. We answered the phone. So two days after the inspection, we picked the phone up and we call the buyers and we ask them, did you have any questions about the inspection report? Now, 
the inspector went over everything with them at the end of the inspection. The inspector even told them if they have any questions to call us. A lot of people don't, don't want to call and bother you, though. So we called them. Asked them if there's anything we can help them with. Is there anything we can do to improve our services? Is there anything we can offer that we don't? 95% of your bad reviews out there will come from a small misunderstanding that seems really obvious to you, but not to the buyer, and can be very easily solved just by letting the customer finish telling you what their problem is and helping you explain it to them. Here recently during a uh, two-day after phone call, when my marketing person called the buyer, uh, she was told that uh, the inspector did a really good job, but she wanted a refund. And she asked her why, and she's like, well, he put a note in here that uh, he can't see through the walls and stuff. And uh, my marketing person talked to him for a few minutes and said, you know, my general manager's out of the office for a few minutes. He'll call you back when he gets back in. I called the buyer back. I talked to her for what seemed like four days. Uh, the phone call was actually about 30 minutes in length, but it felt like it went on and on and on and on and on. And first words out of her mouth was how she wanted a refund. She wanted all of her money back because the inspector was not able to see certain items. I kept talking to her. And I explained to her that no, he cannot see through the walls and he can't see underneath the bed and he can't see behind the armoire. Everything that was talked about the day of the inspection, everything that was in the paperwork she signed. <clears throat> then I turned her to the uh, orange folder we gave her, and in the back of it was a uh, final walkthrough. And I explained to her, I said, now when the seller has moved all their stuff out and you go to do your final walkthrough, take that sheet in there with you and go through and check off, you know, carpet underneath the bed, holes in walls, all that stuff that uh, makes sure that there's nothing missing or wrong. I said, because if there is, you know, you can put it in your inspection report and everything that that's just to be reinspected after that's all gone. We still can't see inside the walls. We're still not taking the insulation out of the attic. But once she realized that she had that and she had a way to check stuff off to make sure everything was still good. And I explained to her that that's part of what the warranties were there that we had for her too, would help pick up if stuff was taken out. She was much happier. As a matter of fact, later that night, she went online and gave us a five-star review. Just sometimes have to take a little bit of time to clear stuff up with the customer. Always remember, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Sometimes you just simply need to shut your mouth and use your ears. Listen to what they're saying. What's going on? One of my all-time favorite speakers is as Jim Rohn. Uh, he often said, the fortune is in the follow-up. What are you doing to build your referral base? What are you doing to continue to get future work? 
we started what is called a drip campaign uh, in December of last year. The one we use is called Top of Mind Campaigns. You can find it at uh, tomcampaigns.com. It's a simple campaign. It's timed emails. They go out to the buyer's agent and the listing agent. They go out on a timed uh, schedule. They interact with the agents in our system since, uh, since December, or actually, I'm sorry, since January of this year, we have had four agents that have always been on the listing side of, of inspections. We've never been able to get them to use us when they had a buyer that have now scheduled with us on the buyer side. Three of those four agents have now called back and scheduled a second inspection. We've completed two of those three inspections that were scheduled. The third one was scheduled this morning as I was leaving the office to uh, do a few things. And it is scheduled for later this week. <coughs> Since we started this campaign three months ago, we've had two agents that has been over six months since we've used them that have contacted us and scheduled inspections. As a matter of fact, one of those agents has now scheduled four inspections with us since we started the campaign and those emails started going to her. She was also at her company, the number four largest producing agent in her company last year by herself with no assistance. She sold just over $9 million. So to have her coming back our way is a really good thing. Matter of fact, I first met her when she was a fairly new agent. Uh, nobody really paid any attention to her. I got to do an inspections for her. We formed a relationship. She got married and she quit doing real estate for a while. She came back to real estate and everybody's like, oh no, you use, it, use this guy over here, use this guy, use this guy. Well, she did for her first year and a half, two years back. Now she's come back home to roost where she belongs with us. And that's all because of that campaign. You should stand out from your competition. If you do not tell potential customers why are you are better than the competition, then you're just a commodity. You need to connect emotionally with buyers and sellers because they're often nervous Nellies. You need to take the time to explain to them why you're writing stuff up. Put it in terms that everybody can understand. I tell people all the time that I'm writing this receptacle cover plate up because I have to for in case somebody sticks their finger in it. But you really don't need to bother the seller about it. I mean, it's 75 cents at the hardware store. Stop on your way home and pick one up. Uh, do you have an email list? Everyone should have an email list. Every on it should be contacted. We're, we're constantly sending emails to realtors, loan officers, 
uh, title companies, you name it, they're all a potential customer. Be consistent with your message and your advertising. Experts say it takes a minimum of five views before a customer understands what your ad is all about. So keep them consistent. Develop yourself a tagline or a slogan. Your slogan should state your position in one or two sentences. Share news that agents and homeowners would be interested in. in. Share interesting changes in real estate, lending, or just general home maintenance tips. Uh, I share a lot of home maintenance tips, uh, whether it's through Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, when I'm out doing inspections, when I'm at open houses. Uh, and I'm always asking people, what would you like to hear about and what would you like to learn about? You'd be surprised with what they'll come back to you with. Uh, another great one is you get the uh, loyalty cards from Menonachi for free. Give those out when you're doing uh, presentations with agents and stuff. Use Google AdWords. Google AdWords is a great way to reach uh, a target audience. Sponsor local real estate events. Uh, this is one I had a hard time with, and it took me a long, long time to learn and to understand this one. When you're doing events, uh, we'd probably do three or four golf outings a year. Used to be I just paid some money and had them stick a sign out there. Not anymore. I've got an orange canopy. I take to them. I wheel a cart of uh, bottled waters and stuff out there. Have little battery-operated fans for them to cool off. And I am physically there on site. If the agency has a fundraiser, if they have an after-hours get-together, uh, we do those. They're a great way to build loyalty, and they're great for brand recognition. Follow-up. Remember, sometimes it takes six to eight contacts to gain uh, customers when one phone call can retain a customer. You do golf outings, you do after-hour events, you do uh, in-office presentations, you do open houses. You're doing an inspection and you see their business card on the table. Grab it. Give them a phone call. Ask them, hey, can I take you to lunch? Grab a cup of coffee. I want to know what could be done to make your life easier during the inspection process. Don't tell them, I want to tell you how wonderful I am. What can make your, as a real estate agent, life easier? Because remember, it's all about them. What's in it for me? W-I-I-F-M. It's the most important radio station you'll ever learn about. Every week when our marketing person gets ready to go out, they take a little blue box. They put a hand sanitizer in it. They put a hand lotion in it. They'll drop two or three little pieces of candy in it. They tie an orange piece of string to it, run it up about two foot, and it's attached to a 12-inch helium balloon that says thank you. 
they have a list of every new agent we had the previous week. And when they get to their office, they feel that fill that balloon up and they take it in and they ask the person at the front desk, would you mind please putting this on Susie's desk for her? So when she comes in, she can see it. Now, if she's there, it's even better because you can hand deliver it to her. But if she's not, and it sits there and bobbles in the air and floats around for a couple of days. Well, as the other agents come through, they go, ooh, what'd she get? And they go over there and hanging off that ribbon is our business card. On that blue box is her name and phone number. And they're asking themselves, what Susie do to get this? So they go find Susie and they ask her. Or sometimes they just call us. It's amazing how much attention those balloons get and how much work they drum up on their own. One of the biggest things you need to do though while you're marketing is always, always remember, Moby Dick did not start out as a great white whale. Everybody wants to chase the big established agents. Please don't take me wrong. I spend plenty of money chasing them too and plenty of time. But the one thing I remember from day one is Moby Dick started out as a guppy. At one point in time, he was nervous writing his very first real estate contract. And he got through that and he got through that home inspection. And then he eventually got his second sale and his third sale. And he's now got himself a home inspector that he likes. And now all of a sudden he's doing 10 sales and he's doing 20 sales. And all, next thing you know, he's selling $3 million a year instead of trying to get his uh, third sale of the year. And all of a sudden, all these home inspectors are knocking on his door and are her door saying, hey, I, I'm so-and-so and I'm wonderful and you need to talk, you know, but he listens to him and he nods his head and says, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he looks at me and says, Matt, you have nothing to worry about. When nobody else would talk to me, you did. When nobody else had time of day for me, you answered my phone calls. And a perfect example of that is I do the home inspections for the number one, I'm sorry, number one, no, number two real estate team in the entire state of Illinois. I started doing inspections for them seven years ago. Tammy had been doing been in real estate for a few years at that point, but she was nowhere near as big as she is now. I was fairly new. I'd done an inspection that she was on the listing side. And she called me up and she said, hey, Matt, I got a question about this. I talked to her about it. I even told her how to fix it. And that would cost her less than $25 if, if, if the seller did it herself. And she's like, wow, the electrician wanted $2,000 to do it. I became her go-to inspector. She now has two other agents that work underneath her. 
and they only sold $17 million last year. And guess who got about 70% of their inspections? My company did. I would have got 100% except they can't force the buyer to use who they want them to use. The, the, you know, every now and then one wanders off the reservations, but you know, I got with them when they were small, when nobody else was really paying any attention to them. And I grew with them. And oh yeah, I answered my phone. Now, one of the most important things I want you to do though, is if you are in my local market here in the St. Louis area, the St. Louis Metro East, I want you to forget about everything we've just talked about. Okay, more seriously, I don't care who you are or where you're at, write this next thing down. I'm going to give you my email address. It's matt, M-A-T-T, dot H-H-I, dot G-M, at gmail.com. If you ever have a question outside of this presentation that we're doing right now, do not hesitate. Send me an email. I might not get back to you within a half an hour. It may take me five or six hours to get back to you. I will answer you within 24 hours, no matter what, most of the time, a lot faster. Uh, I want to share a few more things real fast. Said, here's those towels that, uh, so the hand sanitizer and stuff that we give out. Here is that little baggie that I talked about earlier. You can see the, uh, hand sanitizer, the lotion, and the chapstick there. Here's everything outside the bag. The whole bag, everything inside of it, cost me $4.32. Here's just one of the motivational quotes we put out there. We do these on Mondays. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is always enough. Uh, this one was for St. Patrick's Day, just telling everybody uh, how wonderful St. Patrick's Day was and giving them a cheers. Oops. Said five-star reviews. Always make sure we get the buyer's name in them, get our logo in them, throw the five stars in there so people don't have to wonder what you're talking about. Uh, this was just a fun fact we had uh, from Cheetos. The Janitor, keep in mind he was a janitor that created Flaming Hot Cheetos. His story about how he created those, moved up to the company, and then went on to become a motivational speaker that speaks all around the world. Uh, this was always one of my favorite ones. This was, uh, we, we posted the other week, just asking people, what is wrong with the picture? Uh, we get all kinds of comments back on this one. And then this was our just reconnect for the week, you know, reminding everybody it was Sunday. And then, you know, Sundays are to be loved. So really at this point, does anybody have any questions? Uh, Brenda, you still with us? I sure am. And we do have some questions. I'll ask them to you, uh, Matthew, one by one so that it gives you time to kind of elaborate if you need to. Yeah. Um, 
Here's one. It says, I'm just one person starting out. This sounds completely overwhelming. What are the top three things that I should focus on as a sole proprietor? So as a sole proprietor, uh, the three things I had to focus on the, the most when I first started out was my open houses. Getting into those and getting established there. Uh, get You go back and watch my Marketing 101 on Internachi TV and it'll delve into some of the basics, but we're, in, you know, a big one is when you start making your marketing route, you start saying, uh, I live here and take a circle and draw a circle and say, this is as far out as I want to go on inspections. Shrink that circle in then and pick a half, a handful of offices on, on that outer ring. Because remember those agents will travel out, go and visit those offices, get to know them, that's where you're going to make your mistakes at is those early offices. Once you're comfortable, have an inner ring because that's the core offices you really want to target and then move to them. Never quit going to those outer offices though and start working on getting those presentations. Once you get those presentations and once you get known, the inspections are going to come to you. It's just got to take your time. Okay. And uh, someone had asked if you will repeat your email once again. Yes, it's Matt, M-A-T-T -T dot H-H-I dot G-M at Gmail. Okay, and thank you. Uh, one thing I forgot, and I, and I apologize for this is, when you're doing your marketing, because a lot of what we've been marketing recently is via Zoom. So I spent $150 on the green screen that's behind me. So if you notice, I'm not fading in and out of the picture. You get a green screen like this. You can get yourself a free membership at Canva. $5 or five minutes. I mean, it took me to make this backdrop. Put my logo in the corner here and everything. So $150 for the green screen, $5 for the, the background. Just looks a lot better than having a bookshelf behind you. And another great one is you can buy a universal mic like this off Amazon for about $30, $35. Uh, great directional mic. So you, you don't have to yell and they can hear you real well at the same time. Good information. Uh, another question, and maybe this is more of a comment. It says, what was the, no, it is, it is, what was the $25 fix that an electrician wanted $2,000 to resolve? <laughs> so I had noted that they didn't have any, uh, they had, it was a two wire feed throughout the house. And in the kitchen, they had put three prong receptacles in that did not have GFCI protection on it. So I explained to the agent about how she could put a GFCI receptacle on the very first receptacle on the line and how that would protect everything downstream. You still had to technically put the little sticker on. The electrician wanted to rewire the entire house. So the only way you could get that grounded and protected was to rewire the entire house. Okay, and, and the one that I was thinking of was they give out a $25 gift card. So that was just a, 
a thought that someone shared with us. Uh, and this one says, what's the best way to gain a repertoire with realtors you haven't met? Do you need to wine and dine them at all? And how can we assure our new realtors that we aren't there to kill their deal? Uh, new realtors is always the hardest one. I, as I said, I don't spend a lot of time whining and dining them. Um, I will take them to dinner or to lunch. Uh, you know, I try to keep it someplace that's not going to break the bank. I don't take them out for $200 steak or anything like that. I prefer to do a coffee shop or something. Sit down, listen to them talk. Open houses are a great way to, you know, get in with them and say, hey, I'll bring some water and some snacks. You got two hours to sit there and visit with them. Make that connection. Uh, and as far as I'll have them every now and then say, oh, you know, we're worried about, you know, somebody killing the deal and this and that. I always look at them when they start talking about killing the deal and say, I have never personally killed the deal on a house in 11 years. Unfortunately, I have seen more than one house commit suicide, though. You know, at the end of the day, it is not my fault when I get there and all the shingles are laying in the yard because the roof's in such bad shape. And I have to write the roof up for being <laughs> needed replaced. And the seller's going, I'm perfect example. I did a sewer scope on a house a week ago. Uh, the seller threw a fit that there was no way that he had a clog in his line. I sent another one of my inspectors out there three days later, paid him to do a sewer scope on the house. He found the same obstruction in the line that I did six feet into the line. Calls me up just having a fit that he lived in that house till a month ago and it never had a problem. And there was nothing wrong with the sewer line. And the buyer's like, I've got two different videos from two different people that show this obstruction. I'm not buying your house. The seller finally paid a plumber to come out. They stuck their camera in there, turned around and told him, that's going to be about $12,000 to fix that. <laughs> Wow. The seller told him, I'm not fixing it. The buyer said, fine, I'm not buying your house. That house right then and there committed suicide. Wow. I have to agree on that one for sure. Well, uh, the, the listing agent says it's my fault that it fell apart, but it's like, <laughs> all I found was the clog in the line. You did it, Matthew. You put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and can you supply us with the 10 common defects presentation? Yes, I can. I do not have it with me, so just email me and I can get it together for you. All right, that's a great offer, you guys. Just email Matthew and he'll get it to you. Another person says how to quantify the ROI on all of the expenses of Trinket with your company information or the large spread for the agents? So I'll go back to the large spread. It looks so expensive. I cook all that myself. I don't pay for it to be catered. I buy the salad at Sam's. I buy my drinks at Sam's. So I, you know, everything. I have that lunch that we, I showed the picture of earlier. I had less than $100 in that lunch. 
if I was to cater that, that'd been a $600 lunch. I run 50 to $70 on a meal. When I count up the number of agents that are in there, my average cost is about $4 a head to feed them. Uh, all I got to do is get one new agent out of there. I paid for that meal. If I get two or three agents out of, out of it, I'm ahead. Hey, good food always wins out. And as far as the trinkets go, it's built into the cost of the inspection. Uh, I know how much profit I have on every inspection. And when I decide to add some silly little trinket, I go raise my rates by a dollar or two dollars, whatever the cost of the trinket is. Okay. Um, another gentleman has asked how many inspectors work for your company? I currently have three plus me. I've got one in training and I'm actually set to interview two more today. And I've got six interviews set up for next week. Okay. Um, and let me see. We had several questions here, Matthew. So where do you find, how does your team come up with your social media marketing material? Google. Uh, I go on there for like the motivational quotes. I go on there and type in free motivational quotes. There are hundreds and thousands of them out there. You got to watch, make sure you grab them off of the free websites because there's a lot of paid sites. Uh, and then I, I've got a folder I keep them in. So I can go back and re regenerate them too. Uh, the, 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 the pictures of what's wrong, every one of those that we use is from something that either me or one of my inspectors took during an inspection. Uh, the five-star reviews, I mean, those, those generate themselves. The funny memes, we just go in and type in uh, home inspector memes, real estate memes, and uh, we search through them and, and, and we keep them. So once we posted them, nine, nine months, my Memorial Day video, my uh, video for uh, Veterans Month, I filmed those a couple years ago. I get them out every year and reuse them. Uh, my seasonal tips that I do, I've been using those for 10 years. They haven't changed. <laughs> I just, every spring, I put them back out on green paper. Every summer, they go back out on yellow paper. Every fall, they go out on orange paper. And in the wintertime, they go out in a light blue paper, or no, a white paper with a blue trim. We got little snowflakes on the winter one as a border. All the others have a house as a border. Okay, and then uh, someone asked, could you please restate a marketing source? Was it Tom's campaign? Tom campaigns, T-O-M-C-A-M-P-A-I-G-N-S.com. Okay. If I got it spelled right, <laughs> if I spelled campaigns right. If, you, if, if they can't find it, just have them email me and I could, I could send them a link to it too. So, All right. Uh, in Los Angeles, private home houses only, appointments only, and no real estate offices are open. Any other tips on how to reach them in person? 
reaching them in person is hard when the real estate offices are, are closed. Uh, a good way to do would be uh, uh, watch the signs when you're out driving around. The, the agent's name on the signs. Pick your phone up and call them. Ask them if you can have a Zoom meeting with them uh, to, to see if there's something. How can I make your real estate transactions easier for you? Even if I'm on the other side, I'd like to make it easier for you. Uh, if you can get a list of the agents from the real estate board, start calling them that way. Ask if you can do a Zoom meeting. Can you grab a cup of coffee with them? Can you help them sponsor an open house? But the office is closed. It is definitely harder to do it, but it can be done. Okay. Um, and excellent presentation and information. Thanks, Matt. That came from Patrick. Um, okay. With all the overhead, what kind of inspection prices do you charge? So we have two different prices, one in Illinois and one in Missouri, but our inspections start at 329 in Illinois, they're 359 in Missouri. Uh, in Missouri only because they don't count square footage in the basements, where in Illinois they do. So uh, I might get a 1500 square foot house in Missouri and I get there and find out it's actually 2300 square foot. So we raised our prices there, but then they go up $6 every 100 square feet. Okay. Uh, here's one. Getting past the front desk and offices to visit the realtors is almost unheard of anymore, even before COVID. Any suggestion on getting to know them another way? So many just do not want anything to do with us. Get to know the greeter. So when you go into the front desk, get to first learn their name call them by name when you go in there start paying attention and watch behind them watch on their desk do they have a picture of their kid their grandkid the local sports team baseball basketball football hockey you name it do they have pictures of uh from different vacations make those connections Hey, how'd, you know, how'd the Cardinals do last night? I mean, that was a great game. Yada, yada. I don't watch baseball, but I watch the news to catch the highlights. So when I see them, I can talk about the highlights. Same with hockey and football. I've, 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 you know, anybody that knows me knows I'm not a sports person. I spent all my, I spent on in my free time hunting and fishing, but I know what's going on and I can hold a basic conversation I always ask them, hey, how's your grandkid doing? How's your kid doing? When I was in here a couple weeks ago, you were talking about uh, your mom had slipped and fell. How's she doing? When you start to make those personal connections with the greeter, it ain't long. And they're like, hey, there's somebody in the back that's having some problems with their home inspector. I'd like you to meet them. And they'll walk you back there and introduce you to that person. I can tell you what every greeter at every office we go to, we go to 64 different offices, what their favorite candy is. And guess who gets a little baggie at least once a month with four or five of their little snack-sized candies that they like. 
The breeder does. I make a point and keep them happy. And I have to say, we've done that. So that is a true method. Um, okay. What's the green screen contact, please? Amazon.com. Just go on Amazon and type in green screens. The one I got, I want to say was like $150. And it's actually got floodlights that come with it. It's got a green screen, a white screen, and a black screen that all came with it. You can spend upwards of $1,000 if you want. But I found this one for a little bit over 100 bucks works just perfect. Okay. And let's see for sole proprietor you said there are three things for beginning marketing open houses visit the agent offices and what was the third uh thing you said uh, oh the first they need to know you they got to get to where they trust you and like you and then they'll use you um Open houses, getting to, uh, getting in those offices, uh, doing the presentations, that, that is such a big one. And I said, you know, uh, you, 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 a lot of offices still aren't letting you in. So do your presentation by Zoom with them. Ask if you can just sit into their, their, their uh, weekly, weekly uh, office present, uh, meetings and just sit in the background for a case they have a question, just being there and willing to do that stuff for them goes a long, long ways. Okay. Um, and someone asked, would you share your leave behind letter? I actually meant to have that with me <laughs> in the slide and I don't. So email me and I'll be more than happy to give it to you. The basics of it is it's got our logo up in the top left corner. It's a little brief rundown, tells them that we're going to check their thermostat and everything. There's a, a section of boxes below, says that we checked all the windows and doors and made sure they were locked before we left. The thermostats were reset. The water heater was reset. All the faucets were turned off. The attic cover was put on. The crawl space cover was put on. The oven was turned off. And, you know, then we give them the address, the inspection report number, and the inspector's name. So if the inspector missed anything. But yeah, email me and I will be more than happy to uh, get that out. Okay. And here's one. As a newbie, what's your advice to when a realtor asks how many inspections you've done or how much experience you have? Okay. So that's a fun one. So go inspect your house 20 times. That's 20 inspections you just had. Grab your mom and dad's house, grab your neighbor's house, uh, grab the person down the street that doesn't know you. Inspect as many houses as you can for family and friends. Uh, now all of a sudden, those weren't paid inspections, but those were still inspections that you did. And you can say, oh yeah, I've done 80 of them. I've done 90, I've done 100. Once you hit 100, you say, I've done, I've done over 100. Uh, don't start your inspection report at one. When you do your very first inspection, start your numbering at like 1,011. 
started it started at a decent sized number and started don't start it you know one one thousand and one hundred because you just you're just too too obvious that you knew especially if they if they dig around a little bit you know just like all my inspections start with twenty one zero zero and then the number or well this year twenty one so next year last year was twenty year before that was nineteen. So they started at 19,000. This year they started at 21,000. So if anybody sends a report number in, I can look at it. it was, and it said it was inspection number 21, actually be 210,000 and blah. But I can match the year right off the bat by the 21 at the beginning of it. I know in Texas, you could tell with the track license number about how long someone's been in the business. You can in Illinois too, if you, if you know the licensing number, so. <laughs> that works. Okay. Most agents don't though, so. They don't check it out as thoroughly, right? Yeah. Um, someone here says they need more suggestions on how to win over realtors. When they call, they either tell me they have inspectors they use or don't pick my, don't take my call. And for some, I send texts, they don't reply. Is there any other way? So when they say they have somebody else they already use, just tell them, I'm not looking to replace the person you use. I would like to be the backup to that person. So when they're so busy that they tell you I can't get to you, you're, you can call on me. When they get sick, you know, they've got the flu or whatever, or they go on vacation and you need that inspection done right then and there. I can help you out. I've got a lot of agents that I do a lot of work with now that I started that way with. I was number three and number four on their list because I kept calling them. They finally get tired of me. They put me on the very bottom of their list. And over time, because I kept doing a good job for them and I kept making room for them when they needed something fast. I'm at the top of their list when they hand it out. It's just a slow, hard process. Requesting your walkthrough list. And I believe you would have told them to email you, right, Matthew? Yes. <laughs> uh, if they want, I mean, they can email me. I can give them the entire step-by-step -step that we do an inspection with from start to end. All right. Well, is there any more questions? I gladly will go down here and look to see. And um, someone has made this suggestion. Reports numbered with a date make easy recall. Um, and someone said they've done a couple of dozen free ones for family and friends. So they're kind of answering or agreeing with you, Matthew, with uh, how to take care of that. Right. I think we've had some great information. I did about 80 free ones between family and friends before I did my first paid one. And do you know, just kind of starting out, Matthew, what kind of costs you would have in uh, marketing materials? Oh. So starting out with your marketing materials, you're gonna to wanna to buy stuff in smaller quantities you're not going to get as good a deal 
uh, I, you know, starting out, I would never tell somebody to go buy a thousand tape measures or uh, two thousand custom books. You you could you could start out for less than a thousand dollars though, and probably set yourself up for your first year if you did it right. Okay, that's that is definitely good to know. It's something else to really keep in mind when you're when you're setting your marketing budget and stuff. We are all getting ready to go into the busy time of year where there's more money in the bank than there is in December. So I'll sit down in July and August and I'll look through how much of what did I use in the last year. And I'll buy it right then. <laughs> and I'll have boxes stacked everywhere and then it'll slowly dwindle down. But I'm not having to in December try to figure out January, figure out how to buy a bunch of stuff. And by, by buying it in the summer, I can watch for it to go on sale too. Well, good. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for presenting to us today. And I know I speak for everyone that was on the uh, on our webinar that they gained lots of valuable information. Thank you.